1: Over there, look at them—they're on the The sand.
0: They're posing. These sea lions are posing like Dorit does for Instagram. Let's go look at the sea lions. Look at him. Look at this one. Oh, he's looking like a dinosaur. What's he doing? What is she doing, I wonder? My dog does this. Oh, what's happening? Are we witnessing some
1: intimacy? (laughs) Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from this week's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills of the sea lions on the beach. It was like they were at the zoo or something. They couldn't believe their eyes. Somebody said they look like a dinosaur or something. (laughs) I do sort of think alligators and crocodiles look like dinosaurs. I'm not going to lie. Because I, I don't know if you guys have been to Florida. You see a crocodile alligator. I don't know which one's in Florida. I don't know if they're both in Florida. But when I see one, I get nervous. Remember they had the meth gator situation where they were saying some of the gators were sucking up the meth from the plumbing systems. And they turned into these meth gators. So I just have a fear of alligators and crocodiles. And I think they look like dinosaurs. But I don't think that sea lions look like dinosaurs but somebody said look at the it's a dinosaur and then kyle said it was posing like dorit on instagram uh kyle's still not over that you know she still got so pissed last season when dorit showed up late to something because she was taking those photos where remember she was bending backwards like she was keanu reeves in the matrix and that photo for instagram and kyle's still not over it she's pissed she's still pissed at dorit for taking that one photo all those many moons ago (laughs) Ah, uh, You guys, we're going to talk about this week's Real Houses of Beverly Hills. Uh, before we do, I have a couple things. First off, I don't know if you guys saw this. There was something that happened on social media that I just need to bring to your attention. You probably did not see this because it's not something super flashy. But Jackson and Brittany, formerly of Vanderpump Rules, they got some sort of sponsorship on Instagram stories. And it was for a Peloton-esque piece of equipment, exercise equipment. So it was like one of those exercise bikes with the big-ass TV screen. So when you're biking, you can look at the TV screen in front of you, and it looks like you're biking either in a forest or in a snowy mountaintop or on a beach. And so they were both doing these Instagram things, and I don't know if my boyfriend Matt found this or somebody sent it to him or what. But Matt, his family all is in Kentucky. So Matt's always had an affinity for our dear Brittany from Fan Pump Rules, because I think he recognizes a lot of his family in Brittany in, in certain ways, in the good ways, in the good ways. Uh, so I don't know how he got a hold of this video, because Lord knows I do not follow Brittany and Jackson on Instagram or Twitter, any of the places. But he shows me this video where Brittany is in her Instagram stories. She's promoting this exercise bike. Again, I don't know the name of the bike. It's like a Peloton, but it's not. And they're not paying me, so I wasn't about to figure it out. But she's promoting this bike. And the whole ad, she's talking about how you can go to your bike, and it's like you're somewhere else. And so Jax walks into the room that Brittany's biking on the bike, and Brittany's got like a full costume on. Like she's doing a character reel. She's got a full costume where she looks like she's going to the beach. And Jax is like, hey, me and our kid are ready to go to the beach. And she's like, I'm already going to Jamaica. She says something like that. Wait, I think I have the clip. Hey babe, Cruz and I are packed to go to the beach. You ready to go?
0: Sorry, honey. Already here. I'm cruising through Jamaica.
1: (laughs) Cruising through Jamaica. And then there's like a flip reverse ad that Jax did on his Instagram stories where he's the one on the bike. And then Brittany comes in and Jax is going through somewhere, you know, he's, I think he's in Jamaica or something. And she's like, you know, it's not Jamaica, right? That's what Brittany says to him in his video. And so this entire week, this long drawn out story, I just have to tell you this entire week, Matt and I, my boyfriend, every time he's on the Peloton, we have the actual Peloton here. And I keep peeking my head into the room when he gets on the peloton. I'm like, you know it's not Jamaica, right? <laughs> I'm cruising through Jamaica. And we just keep saying that back and forth to each other. And I had to share it with you guys, because if you hear me say, cruising through Jamaica, if you hear me say, like, in the Brittany from Vanderpump Rules voice, I just need you to know what I'm talking about. And I don't even know, I think Matt has a video of it. I'll have to post it online, but... Uh, cruise through Jamaica, you know it's not Jamaica, right? And it's just, they're wearing like costumes, (laughs) it's so stupid. (laughs) I love it, I love it, I was like ready to buy a bike. I mean, I'm not going to, because I don't even know the name of the bike they're promoting. But the truth is, it's a funny ad, and that's what they're doing, you know, they're not going to be on Vanderpump Rules, it's coming back next week, they fired the cast so we're not going to be seeing our Brittany from Kentucky on Vanderpump Rules, and I gotta be honest, I'm going to miss her a bit. I won't miss the other one, but I will miss our Brittany, a little bit. Because I, too, find myself attracted to that accent. Cruising through Jamaica. You know it's not Jamaica, right? (laughs) Ah, you guys. So whenever, if you're feeling stressed this week, you know, if you feel like you're Erica Jane dealing with a lot of stress. Yeah, I'm under a lot of stress. If you feel like, yeah, I'm under a lot of stress. Just think of Brittany yelling, You know it's not Jamaica, right? (laughs) Oh, I'm giggling. Okay, the one other thing we got to talk about before we get into Beverly Hills this week is my book, you guys. My book, if you follow me on social media, I just announced the book is available for pre-order. My book is called How Do I Unremember This? Unfortunately True Stories, and it's a collection of stories. I'm supposed to say stories and not essays, because actually when I was dealing with the publisher and we were coming up with the subtitle of the book— I suggested essays, and they said, oh, people get scared of the word essays. Anyway, it's a collection of short stories that I think are really funny. I've never been more proud of something in my whole life. I worked so hard on this thing, and I think you guys are going to love it. Again, I'm so pr- I love the way it turned out, and it's just a collection of very nostalgia-driven stories. There's a lot of pop culture references. I think some of the stories in the book you might recognize, and then a lot of the stuff is stuff I've never talked about before in my life that... I just cannot wait for you guys to see. So all that's to say, the book went up for pre-order last week, at the end of the week, and I couldn't even believe how successful that pre-order launch was. And I do just want to recommend, if you are interested in buying it, go pre-order the card cover copy of it. You can get it. I'll put a link in the episode description, or you go to my Instagram or Twitter, there's a link in my profiles of where to buy it. You can go to your local bookstore and pre-order it, or Amazon, or wherever you get your books. Uh, but pre-orders are super important because it lets the publisher know, hey, like we want this book. And then the publisher decides, hey, maybe we'll put more marketing behind the book or get more eyes in front of the book. So the plan right now is to do an audiobook and pre-ordering the hardcover and doing all that stuff lets them know that people will want it. So I have to say thank you to everyone who did pre-order. It was overwhelming. And I'm going to try to not talk about it too much. My goal is to not say too many things because I don't want to annoy you guys. You know, I don't want to do too much self-promo, but also I got to do some self-promo because I got to move the book. I want to write books forever. You know, this is a dream. This book is a dream project of mine. And I'm, I think you guys are going to love it. I like sit, I literally sit and I think about some of these stories and no one's seen it except for my editors so far, but I sit and I think about some of the writing and it makes me laugh still, which that doesn't always happen. And you know, sometimes you write something and then you look at it three months later and you're like, what the fuck was that? I hate it. But I'm still, I think it's, I'm so proud of it. I'm so proud of it. So it's called How Do I Unremember This? Call your local bookstore. If you're in Ohio, call up the Learned Owl or go to their website. It's a local Hudson, Ohio bookseller. Or go to uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you get your books. Pre-order How Do I Unremember This? And I'll try to not promote it again. Okay, Beverly Hills. You guys didn't want to hear all that. I know you're annoyed with me. You're like, shut the fuck up, Danny. We came here for a Beverly Hills recap. And here I am, giving you all uh, this whole spiel.
0: I have the no, f- kill. No.
1: Okay, let's dive in. That was not from Beverly Hills. That was actually from Salt Lake City, which you guys should also be watching, because it's fantastic. Okay, last week on The Real Houses of Beverly Hills, we learned about the Tom and the Burglar and the Rolled Car. And this week, the ladies are in San Diego. And I'm excited for them to be in San Diego, though I did get a little frustrated that we're at this empty resort. It reminded me of Jersey Shore. I don't know if anyone watched that COVID season of Jersey Shore where they were at a deserted resort. I mean, I know we're in COVID times, but it's like, I'll be so excited to get to places where we have people around. Because seeing people at an empty resort is just tough. Tough to the eyes. Anyway, this trip they're going on in San Diego, it's all being organized by Kath. And all the women, they're getting ready for the trip. They're not there yet at the beginning of the episode. Kyle, she's packing. And I'm so happy Kathy and Kyle are friends again because they went through such a hard time. Crystal calls Kyle while she's packing. Kyle uses a shoe to hold it up, an $890 sandal to hold up the phone. Meanwhile, Kathy's getting ready with her dog. And Dorit calls her. And I could not believe that Dorit was calling Kathy and they were having a one-on-one conversation because, you know, my theory is that Kathy doesn't know that Dorit's a cast member. She thinks that she's just a PA or something. And to be honest with you, I think this still fits because Dorit called Kathy and Kathy just said, hi, beauty. And hi, beauty. And I don't think that Kathy knew Dorit's name in that moment. She didn't want to say the name. She just said, hi, beauty, because she doesn't know. I think she's like, oh, a crew member's calling me. And then Dorit went on to like say this whole thing about Garcelle and everything that was happening. And Kathy was like, oh, I didn't understand what's going on. And, like, I think Kathy just completely zoned out. She was doing her makeup. She couldn't be bothered. And I love that Kathy can't be bothered to play by the rules of this show. She does not give a shit about what she's supposed to do as a housewife, what she's not supposed to do. All she cares about is her own world, and I appreciate that. And I think that she probably thought this was a producer calling her and telling her what they had to film about or what was going on. And Kath just wasn't interested, and she didn't know her name. Didn't know her name. Anyway, we learned that Sutton's got the sprained ankle. And I didn't know Sutton had foot problems. All of a sudden, we're looking at Sutton's feet. And I felt like, did I miss something? that They never told us about Sutton's feet before. Maybe they wanted to—I imagine they wanted to keep this this information about Sutton's feet away from us, because no one wants to see a lot of feet on these TV shows. I'll be honest with you. I never want to look at feet ever, let alone on a TV show. I don't need a lot of footwork happening. I know there are people out there with a foot fetish. I'm not one of them. I want you to keep, keep your hooves covered. I don't want to see your hooves. I don't want to look at your hooves. I don't want to know about your hooves. I don't need to know nothing about your tootsies, okay? Just keep them to yourself. Uh, but we had to learn about him. So I feel like the Bravo production of this week, they were like, okay, we got to tell you guys about Sutton's feet because there's a big problem. She's going to be in a wheelchair. So they finally had to let us know all this information about Sutton's feet. But I wonder how much uh, footage has been cut about Sutton's feet throughout the last two years. Because it seemed like it's been something that's been going on forever. They had like flashback footage. So I just picture Sutton entering every scene and having to talk about her foot. And then they've never aired a single bit of it. Unless I've missed it. Maybe they did, and I just was not paying attention to Sutton's hooves. But, uh, you know, it's a thing. She got a sprained ankle, and then later she went to the doctor. She had to get a wheelchair. Um, but the women are all going to San Diego. Erica's going separate because she's got the dog. I don't know if I believe that. That dog is scary, though. That dog is scary. But I don't know. I wish she would have just went with the rest of the gals. Couldn't they put the dog in Kyle's car or something? It seemed like they had a lot of cars there going. I was like, let's stop wasting all this gas. We already got enough environmental problems to deal with, let alone everybody's got to drive separate in their fucking Escalade to San Diego. It's not even that far. It's like two and a half hour drive. Like, let's all just hop in a car. Uh, bring Tiago is the name of Erica's dog, which I had a roommate named Tiago in Chicago. Hey, We used to call him LTG Dubs. <laughs> LTG Dubs. If I don't know if he's listening to this. He's probably not. Um, But Tiago, we love you. I love that name, too. Okay, so then uh, the women go. Kath forgot her phone and purse. And Kyle's like, well, where's your where's your purse? And Kathy's like, oh, the lady has it at home, the lady. And Kyle's like, okay, well, I'll call your phone, and who's going to be the one to answer it? And she's like, the lady, the lady. And so Kyle calls, and they only reference this woman as the lady. It's someone who works at Kath's house. And I would just wish my one note on Kath. You know, I'm always saying good things about Kath. But this week my note to Kath is to learn the people who work for you, their names, bare minimum. You know, I'm not saying Kathy needed to get to know their social security number, but I am asking you, Kathy Holton, to learn the names of the employees at your home. Because it just was like when she said, Oh, that's the lady. I'm like, what's her name, Kathy? Like, you should know her name. And then those editors, those shady fucking Bravo editors who I love, they kept labeling her. She came and delivered the purse and they labeled her the lady. Lady! They just labeled her The Lady. And I'm like, what's her real name? Maybe it was Lady. I've seen Lady in the Tramp. There are uh, personalities named Lady. In that movie, it was a dog. But still, maybe her name was Lady. The Lady! I'm sorry, you guys. I don't know why I keep shouting. Lady! You know it's not Jamaica, right? Anyway, <laughs> they have to stop to get Cat's Purse. Then we see Erica checking in with Tiago. And did you notice the hotel concierge? When he was checking in, Erica, he mentioned pickleball. Now, I mentioned this on my social media. I feel like I'm hearing everybody talk about pickleball. And I've never heard of pickleball in my life until about a month ago. And now I feel like everyone's talking about fucking pickleball. And so I had just tweeted about pickleball. I said, what's going on with this sport? I keep hearing about it. And then suddenly on the Real House of Beverly Hills, I hear the concierge say something about pickleball.
0: I have the f***ing chill.
1: It's like, it's what's going on in the universe? Everybody's talking about pickleball. And to my understanding, it's like a leisure tennis Now, I don't know that to be completely accurate, but that's what people have described it to me as. But is everyone doing the pickleball now? It's like, I I can't tell. Am I supposed to know what pickleball is? I know what tetherball is. I know what kickball is. But now suddenly I know what pickleball is. It's like, how many sports are we expected to know? Isn't enough sports I'm expected to have in my head... It's already stressful enough when uh, Super Bowl season comes by and I'm uh, forced to remember the rules of football. But now I got to somehow learn pickleball to know what the people are talking about these days on my shows, no less. So it's it's like it's already I'm hearing it in real life. I'm hearing everybody talking about the pickleball. And now I got to it's on my shows. That's when it gets really bad when it infiltrates our housewives. And that's when I got to learn about it. And I don't want to learn about it. I, I got enough in this fucking head. Last week, I had to remember all the facts of that. Tom Girardi, Tommy 2 had a burglar come in, then he had eye surgery, then ankle surgery, and then the the son came in and rolled the car down the fucking hill. I'm stressed about it all. Yeah, I'm under a lot of stress. I can't be bothered now with learning the rules of pickleball. <sighs> but it's infiltrating our shows. And that's what happens. It's like uh, we have to learn all these things that come in here. All these things. Anyway, Kathy arrives. She didn't have a closet, I don't think. And that was a Hilton resort, right? I think it was a Hilton resort. Anyway, Sutton goes to the ER, and I was pissed. I was pissed when Sutton was like, I gotta go to the ER. And I know that's selfish of me, because my first instinct should have been, I hope she's okay. But really, my first instinct was, uh, we're about to have a group event. Like, I need you there. Like, that's what I was worried about. Sutton, I can't have you going to the ER. Like, I I don't care if your hooves about to blow up. I need you at the group lunch. Do you get what I mean? Like, and I was so excited for uh, Sutton and Bamboozle Jane to come face to face, and then they're like, oh, Sutton's got to go to the ER. I'm like, really? Now? Of all time? Couldn't that have waited? Couldn't she have gone to the ER after that lunch on the beach? It just felt like the, the producer should have stepped in and shot her with some cortisone or something. Those PAs need to have some cortisone in their pocket, ready to go, to shoot one of the cast members with a shot of cortisone so that they could get in front of the red light and film the scene. I can't have these women leaving me at a group event. I need them all at every group event from now on. From now on. And again, I'm sorry to her foot. I'm sorry to the foot. Uh, whatever was going on with the foot. It seemed like it was fine, though, because she got back and the she said the doctor just said to stay off it. Well, you know, couldn't she have just had a producer carry her to the lunch and then went to the doctor afterwards? I'm sorry, Sutton. I know that's not nice of me, but I, I needed her there. I needed her there. Anyway, they go to this beach lunch and I don't know what the fuck everyone was wearing because Erica, you guys was in like an orange jumpsuit, I thought. When I first saw her, did you guys think this too? It looked like an orange jumpsuit. I'm not saying that it looked like a prison outfit, but I am implying it. I am implying it. I thought, what is she is she is that a wink and nod at the audience? Like she's trying to troll us a little bit by wearing like an orange jumpsuit. Then I realized it was a jacket. So I don't know if it was Poor Planning by Mikey Minden. Or if she meant to look like an orange jumpsuit going to prison. I'm not sure. But it was one, and I, I thought that. Dorit, I don't know what the fuck she was I mean, I don't know. Kathy was in a big-ass straw hat. I don't know what the fuck everybody was wearing. What the fuck? Then we cut to the beach picnic. The sea lions are fucking, there's birds everywhere. And these women, I felt bad for all the animals on this beach. Because the women, there was one point, Kathy was like chasing the birds and yelling at them or something. And the poor birds are just trying to enjoy the beach. You know, birds have been through enough with this pandemic. And now they got to worry about Kathy running through them and giving them COVID. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I, can animals get COVID? I don't think so. But Kathy was chasing them. I don't think any bird on the beach wants to be chased by Kathy Hilton. She was just shouting at them. I don't know. And then they're all watching the sea lions fuck. And the sea lions, you know, are, they're thinking like, can you mind your business? Like, get off the beach. Can't you go in that big ass resort that you guys came to visit and have your lunch in the those grounds? These poor animals. It's like, leave the beach to them. Instead, it's like the women are like, no, we want to have the lunch on the beach. And the sea lions are like, get the fuck out of here. You know? <laughs> get the fuck out. You know that's what they were thinking, them sea lions. They were trying to fuck. And good for them. Good for them. Anyway, Sutton says she needs crutches. I do love a house life on crutches. Of course, Brandy Glanville infamously was introduced to us on crutches. And then uh, Kim Richards and Kyle Richards stole her crutches, and then that's when there were accusations of one of them being a slut pig, and that was a great time in Housewives' history. But uh, I love crutches, so I I am happy that Sutton's getting her hoof fixed, and uh, she's wearing the crutches. She's wearing the crutches anyway. Erica's pissed at Sutton. She says she don't like being called a liar. She said I won't tolerate that. I won't tolerate that. And they show us the flashback of Teddy Mellencamp, Teddy Allen Mellencamp telling Bamboozle Jane that she had pretend amnesia. And she did not take kindly to that. She said, don't you say I have pretend amnesia. Don't you fucking say it. She's yelling at Teddy Allen Mellencamp. And Teddy Allen Mellencamp's just sitting there thinking about, I don't know, eating a, a square of cucumber for dinner. You know, I don't know what. <laughs> one of those meals. Remember, did you guys read those, the information about those meals that came out about Teddy's all in program? They were, it was like one carrot for dinner or something like that. I don't know the exact diet plan. So forgive me. This is all alleged, but um, it was like, Oh, here's a carrot for dinner. Anyway. So Kyle, uh, Erica does not take kindly to that. She does not. And a uh, Kyle brings up to Erica. Look, Sutton gave the example of you lying about the car accident. And, Then Dorit asks more questions about that car accident, and then Erica says, well, allegedly. And then Kyle in her confessional says, well, what does that mean, allegedly? You told us the story about it, so why are you saying allegedly now? And this is pissing me off, because I'm like, Kyle, call that out in real time. If this is how you feel, tell Erica that to her face. But all these women are afraid of Erica, and it's like they're just go talking behind her back in a confessional, and this can't happen anymore. I can't have it. I need these ladies to bring up these questions in person. So, Kyle, I need you to say, as you're sitting across from Bamboozled Jane, I need you to say, well, wait, why are you saying allegedly now? You told us it was true. What's the truth? I mean, come on, call it out in real time. And then Erica says something about how she didn't want Tommy Tutu to have surgery because the ankle, because he had the brain injury and it's all. I mean, she's lying to our faces. She's really lying to our faces. And I did say I felt bad for her later in the episode. But it must be stressful to keep uh, all these lies in order. You know, she, there's a lot of lies going through that woman's head right now. And on some level, I do feel bad about that. I can't keep one lie straight. I'm not a good liar. Don't ask me to lie. I'm not interested. Okay. Once I came out of the closet, I'm like, I'm never lying again. You know, that's why I walk up to people and I say, Hey, I'm a big gay because I don't want to lie anymore. Look, the weather's getting warmer personal favorite. I always love getting new polos for the summertime, and they have a fantastic selection. I'm very particular about the collar, and I love the collar on the performance polos that I got. They also have versatile flow knit activewear, and the best part, 365 day returns, that's quince qi-n-c slash iconic to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash iconic. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website cuz I just want to check out real estate listings like I love checking out real estate listings even for the houses that I cannot afford it's my favorite app to use Redfin uh, I just got a home of course but it was pretty stressful process and if I would have known how easy Redfin was I think it would have helped out a lot Redfin updates their listings every 2 minutes and sends you personalized recommendations so finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier see something you like Well, book a tour straight from the app, and when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you, you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. So I I can't even imagine what it's like having a bunch of lies swirling in your head. It must be overwhelming. It must be overwhelming. Anyway, Kyle says that Tom was always engaging. And they show that one clip of him talking about being in a movie with John Wayne or whatever the fuck that was. Tommy Two-Tones talking about being in a movie. Was it John Wayne? I don't know. It was like a weird clip, but he does seem very with it. I mean, I can't imagine that was someone with brain injury, although it was someone telling a boring story because especially I've had to watch that story a hundred fucking times, keep flashback to it. I keep seeing it there. It's like, oh my God, enough. I can't see that one clip of Tom. Don't they have other footage of him that they didn't use that they could show us? It's just like enough is enough, but he does seem engaging. And then Erica says she told the doctors about the brain injury and they just waved her off. And to that I say, I think that's a lie. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that's a lie. Because wouldn't the do- why would the doctors, like they, I don't know. I just don't believe that. Maybe I don't even have a good reason to not believe that, but I don't believe it. I just don't. The doctors just waved off Erica's medical opinions. I feel like the doctors would at least check out the brain injury, right? Like, if the wife of the man who was injured and in all this big accident was saying, oh, he's got a brain injury, he's not making no fucking sense, wouldn't the doctors be like, okay, let's run some tests? I know doctors aren't perfect, but I still think a doctor would have said something. Would have said something. Anyway, you guys, we got to take a quick break here. Uh, let's uh, We'll come back and finish up The Real Houses of Beverly Hills. Before we do, find me on social media, at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. And I want to thank ACAST. Go to ACAST.com slash Everything Iconic for all episodes of Everything Iconic. We'll take a quick break here, and we'll come back with more. All right, so Garcelle, she arrived late to the San Diego trip, and she had to do the real. She's a busy gal, working woman. And so she arrives, Sutton wheels in, uh, and says hello to Garcelle. And Garcelle can't believe her eyes, Sutton's in a wheelchair, and immediately Sutton wants vodka. And I think they gave it to her. And I do believe that when she went to the doctor, they would have loaded her up with some pain meds, right? Wouldn't they have? And so I got very excited because I thought, okay, Sutton's going to be real loopy, right? She's having a big-ass vodka midday after she just got some pain meds. And it didn't seem like it affected her even in the slightest, which I'm not sure if I'm impressed or disappointed but it seemed like Sutton wasn't even a little bit affected after that one vodka after a trip to the doctor. But wouldn't the doctor have given her something or injected her with a steroid shot or something that would affect the alcohol consumption? I mean, I thought, uh-oh, here comes Loopy Sutton. And then it was like normal Sutton. It was like, no big deal. She didn't even affect her. Again, I'm not sure if I'm disappointed or impressed because it was like some vodka didn't even affect it. And then, uh, let's see. Oh, I don't think we talked about this on the show, but Sutton did offer Erica alone. Alone. And so, that's interesting they cut that from the footage. We got a little flashback this week, but I don't know why they they cut it from the actual episode. Meanwhile, at dinner, er- everyone, er- everyone, why did I say it like that? Er- everyone? I don't know why I said it like that. Er- everyone? You know it's not Jamaica, Raw. <laughs> Everyone shows up. They're mostly all wearing black. So for Erica's wearing white, Kat's in pink. Kath and Kyle are like an hour late. And did you guys feel like Kyle was being super frantic this episode? I mean, after the whole getting ready at Kyle's house and Kat didn't have the purse and the phone. And then this scene when they were getting ready for dinner and Kyle was like running an hour late and people were calling her. She just seemed so frantic. And I was like, you need to cool your jets. Kyle, you need to cool it because she just, she needed to cool it. She was doing too much did you guys see the new halloween movie trailer i know we talked about the last trailer but then there was like a new trailer that came out it seems like kyle's got a big role in it and i honestly can't wait maybe it's just going to be like a cameo but the trailer for the new halloween movie with jamie lee curtis and judy greer it looks like kyle's like legitimately the third lead i mean i'm impressed and i'm excited i can't wait to see it i can't wait to see kyle i hope she's good on the big screen and by big screen, I mean it's being released on Peacock simultaneously, so that's probably how I'll watch it. But if you can make it to the theater, you could see Kyle on the big screen. Kyle V. Splits Richards going head to head uh, head to head with Michael Myers. What's that Michael My- What's the Halloween theme?
0: I have the No, f- chill. No,
1: it's not that. That's not that. What if that was like the Halloween theme music they played instead of like the infamous John Carpenter theme? It's like, what if Kyle's getting attacked by Michael Myers and you just hear this in the background? (laughs) Oh, we need to edit that. Okay, so I'm excited for that, for her uh, starring performance. Anyway, uh, Kyle was being so frantic this fucking episode. It was stressing me out. And meanwhile, Kath doesn't even give a shit that she's an hour late. Because again, Kath can't be bothered. She doesn't care that she's an hour late. And Kyle's like telling her, like, come on, hurry up, hurry up. And Kat's like, why are you want to hurry up? Like, they don't pay your bills. Like, why? what do I care if I'm there on time? And you know, Kyle's thinking, well, they do pay my bills because she's an hour late. So she's thinking about how she's not on camera for a whole hour. So I do think Kyle's worried about paying her bills. Although Maurice is rich now. You know, he's rich as hell. So maybe she doesn't even need this paycheck anymore. Maybe she doesn't need it. I don't know. I don't know. There was a flashback to the Amsterdam dinner. Did you notice that with the, here's a piece of bread, calm down, beast, how dare you? You know, there's a flashback to that scene. I always love to see that scene. One of our most iconic scenes. And I, I, again, just have to say, I wish we brought Kim back. We need a Kim scene. I miss her. I miss Kim Richards. I need her. So they all sit down for dinner, and they decide to just give an adjective about how they're feeling. And so Dorit says, I'm relaxed. And Garcelle says, I'm happy. Kathy says, I'm anxious. And Erica says, I'm fearful. You guys, I couldn't believe it. I thought something was up with Erica. When she said I'm fearful, I thought she was going to reveal something. And it turns out that She did have something going on, but she didn't reveal it until the next day when she sat down with Rin and Kyle. She said, "Oh, I found out all this stuff about Tommy Two Tones right before dinner, and then I sat to dinner. I just didn't say anything. And I knew when she said she's fearful, I'm fearful. Like when she's I'm fearful. I can't do my Erica Jane right now. I'm fearful. You know, it's not Jamaica. (laughs) When she sat down and said she's fearful, though, you guys, I got I felt something else was up. I did feel like something else was up, and I was right. So women's intuition, call it what you want. I felt something, and I was right. I was right. Um, So the women are all at this dinner, and Sutton, she admits to calling this meeting with everyone else, without Erica Jane, and Bamboozled Jane's just not interested in talking to Sutton. I do want to shout out the cinematography lately on this show. They do a lot of this thing where it's like there's a a very clear version of Sutton in the background and they sort of uh, zoom out or, or they then get the foreground clear and we see Erica. And so they're doing this kind of like transitional thing where the camera sits tight, but it like it uh, zooms in or hones in on one person. And then we see in the background, the other person they're doing it with Erica and Sutton quite a bit. And it's very beautiful cinematography. I don't even know if I'm explaining it properly. But it's stunning, perfect, wonderful cinematography of this like clarifying thing. And I just got to say, guys, ladies, gents, whoever's working on this show, good job. Good job, because that's I, better than anything I've seen in feature films lately, is the cinematography on the show. So look, Erica's mad about being called a liar. Sutton actually just said that she lied. She didn't call her a liar. She said that she lied, which are different things because a liar means you do it over time a bunch of times. Lied means you lied once. And so I wish that distinguished uh, or I wish that that would be made clear by the other women, but no one's going to make it clear. Erica says, why are you speaking to me? I have nothing to say to you. And then Erica calls Sutton small-minded. I thought she was being very rude to Sutton. I didn't like it I thought she she's being an asshole. Uh, then Dorit tries to speak up, and it's just nonsense. You guys, I'm getting sick of Dorit speaking up. To be honest, uh, God bless her, but it's like she, nothing she says it takes her so fucking long to get to the point. Everyone's like, spit it out, Dorit. And particularly, I'm talking about me at home. Like every time Dorit decides to talk, it's like say something, know what you're saying before you say it, because she's just talking in circles for an hour. And I'm exhausted. I'm, like, ready to take a nap. Because it's like, Dorit, what are you saying? Dorit says they were trying to help Sutton. And then Garcelle points out, like, no, it was everyone against Sutton that one night where all the women were, like, blaming Sutton for having all these questions about Erica Jane. And Garcelle says it wasn't to help Sutton. It was just you guys were trying to push your narrative and make Sutton be the mouthpiece. And that's the truth. Dorit's just lying to everybody's faces, though. You know, these women, they just lie right to us. Right? To their faces, our faces, everybody. Dorit's like, oh, we were trying to help Sutton. Trying to help Sutton. And it's like, you were not, Dorit. You're lying to Sutton's face. And I'm calling it out. I'm saying it. And Garcelsus is just like what they did to Denise. And they do show flashback. And I'll be honest, I know there are different circumstances. Obviously, this one's much more serious because there's orphans and widows involved. Rather than just being about whether or not Denise and Brandy Glanville hooked up. However, the montage. I do understand the similarities of how they were pushing Denise to say something that she wanted to talk about, in the same way they're trying to push Sutton to talk about something. And those women do that so that they don't have to talk about it, right? That's why they do it. Dorit doesn't want to have to be the one to confront Erica Jane, but she wants someone to to make a good show. And so they try to make it seem like they're helping the person, but it's all a big fat fucking lie. Big Fat Liar, like Amanda Bynes and Frankie Munoz in the early 2000s. Remember they had that movie called Big Fat Liar? Where Paul Giamatti, he fell in a, a tub of blue paint or something. I don't I never saw it. I never saw that film. But I will say they're being Big Fat Liars. Big Fat Liars. That's them. Big Fat fucking Liars. They're all just lying to our faces. Because that's why they do it. They push the other people to do the narrative so they don't have a narrative about themselves. I know that. We all know that. I mean, come on, we've been watching these shows long enough. We understand how this works. And then, let's see, Dorit was yelling at Garcelle about the comment, and Kathy even yelled at Dorit. She said something like, you need to just get over that. I thought you were over it. And then in Kath's confessional, she said it's like the camel with the toe. Did you catch Kath's confessional? She didn't know how to say. (laughs) Ah, She said something about the camel with the toe, you guys. Kathy, God bless her. I loved it. I loved it. Then Rina decides to go after Garcelle again, and I th- I wish this would stop. I'm tired of this because Rina, and then it was frustrating to me because like Rina was saying, Garcelle, you know she's shady and she jabs, which again all these women do that, and that's the point of this show and what they're supposed to do on this show. Um, but Garcelle then says she likes some of the women more than others, and Rina says, "Well, you need to make an effort to become friends with us." And she says, you can be shady and you need to be honest. And I wanted Garcelle to say, shut the fuck up. And I've been feeling that way for a few weeks now. And to be honest, that's making me mad at Garcelle. Because I'm thinking, Garcelle, you need to tell all these women to say, shut the fuck up. Like, I don't need you to say anything else. I just need you to give out a one big shut the fuck up. That's what she should say. Sometimes that's all that's needed. You know, you see the way that Erica shuts other women down. Like, she's Erica is, I'm going to give her that too. You know, I'm going to compliment Erica. Because when someone's coming for Erica, she will just say, shut the fuck up. like, And she will say it's so scary that the women then shut the fuck up. And that's what I want Garcelle to do, because I'm tired of these women making up these problems with Garcelle. And I need her to just say to Rina, shut the fuck up. You know, like, I just need that. And Garcelle says to the group, she says, no one ever wonders what it's like to be the only black woman in this group. And Erica's like, you fit in here. You fit in here. And then Garcelle says, have you ever walked into a room and felt like you didn't fit in? And Kathy immediately says, yes. And I was like, Kathy, shh. (laughs) I was like, Kathy, shh. Shh, it's not the same, Kathy. Shh, it's not the same. Um, but Garcelle up cries, and she she's been trying to explain. This is what I feel frustrated. I feel like Garcelle's been trying to explain this for so many weeks now. She's been saying she doesn't fit in. She says she feels like the other women have this click without her, and she's been saying it so many times, and no one's getting it, and no one seems to be understanding that Garcelle is the only black woman in this group, and that it must be challenging. And Garcelle, I don't feel like should have had to point it out so clearly because. I feel like it's been clear what Garcelle's been saying week after week after week. Like you five, you have your little click, and I feel left out. And it's like she had to break down in tears, and then of course other women are like, "Oh my god, good." Reno's like, "Good job, Garcelle, letting us know how you feel." And it's like she's let you know how she felt a hundred fucking times. She said, it "I think this is the third or fourth week now." Garcelle said the same thing. She had a breakdown in tears, though. And then they're all sitting, apo- they're apologetic, they're loving it, you know, they're bada ba ba loving it. All those women, they were like hugging Garcelle and loving it. And I'm just like, oh my God, I was like rolling my eyes at these women because it's like Garcelle said it so many times. Anyway, it's 1130 PM at this point and the women decide to go to bed. Kathy's like, hey, come to my room for some coffee. And they don't even want the coffee. They don't want the coffee, but they go to bed. And that was upsetting to me because I like when these women party hard at night. I want the cell phone footage the next day. Of like some drunk antics, especially because they're on a vacation. I felt like we should have gotten some cell phone footage. Unfortunately, we did not. The next morning, though, they do a sound bath. And Kath learned about a sound bath at Kim Kardashian's uh, baby shower. Her baby shower. In the words of Frank Egelhofer. Uh, So they do the sound bath. Erica's not there. And Rena's covering from Erica. And here's the thing. That's what friends do. Erica didn't show up. She's dealing with all this legal trouble. I get that. But Rena's like, oh yeah, Erica's not here. She's probably dealing with some stuff. It just feels like Rena covers so much for Erica. And again, I have to say that's a good friend because that's what a best friend should do, a good friend should do. However, it's so different than the Rena we know that when Rena is covering and Kyle and Dorit do this to some extent too, but I feel like Rena goes harder in defense of Erica. It feels disingenuous to the Rena that we've learned over the past, I don't know, six seven years, or however long she's been on the show. So when we find out that Erica's dealing with all this other legal stuff, and she can't make it to the sound bath, and Rina covers, I, I get it. I'm. It's like angel and devil on my shoulder. It's like I get it. And Rina's being a good human and a friend, maybe not a good human, but a good friend. And also, it's not the Rina we know. So it's hard to. It's weird to watch. I. It feels icky to watch. I don't know if you guys feel that way. That's how I feel. Anyway, Kathy decides to take a nap for the sound bath, and. That was funny to me. She was she wasn't even like I think you're supposed to lay on your back and Kathy was just like rolled up on the side. <laughs> then uh, let's see. Oh, so we find out what's going on is Erica finds out that Tommy Two was put in charge of a conservatorship. Her brother, and uh, they want to put him in a mental facility, and so now uh, he's going to be in conservatorship and the brother's in charge.
0: I have the
1: chill. No. F- no. I can't believe that, you guys. I didn't see that coming. I think I might have forgotten that happened in the news. And so when they said it on the show, I I honestly, I was like, what? They're putting the brother in? What's going on? (sighs) It's a lot. And then uh, uh, we're talking about Alzheimer's and stuff, which I hate talking about Alzheimer's because I think it's hard. Anyone who's known anyone who's gone through Alzheimer's, to me, it's like uh, just so depressing and sad and all of that. And Erica's grandma died of Alzheimer's, and Tommy Tutone's paid for her grandma before she passed. And uh, Erica doesn't think that Tommy Tutones should go in a home, because people are not treated uh, fairly in a home. But Tommy's family left him, Erica sticks up for Tom, and she's so sort of defensive about Tom. And Rinna says that Erica is very motherly to him. And again, I just say, it's all very sad. The fact that Rinna was saying, oh... Erica's super maternal towards her ex. That's so many layers of like sad to me. Uh, again, uh, we don't know what she knew. I do think she knew some of the stuff. That's my opinion. I'm sorry if you don't feel that way. I do think she knew some stuff. However, you can't deny that like that's so sad, like a human who who would go through that with the husband and then and Maybe it's all a lie, and and it'll come out that this was they were both in cahoots and all that stuff, and then we'll feel differently about it. I get that. I I know there's levels to this, and we're just finding out the truth in real time, like we're figuring it all out. So this, my opinion on this is subject to change. But as it stands, just watching that episode, if we're to believe all the things that she said, if we are, I'm not saying I do, but if we are to believe all of it, she's still defending him after she's being put through all of this strife because of the things that this man did, that's what she's telling us. Uh, And now she's still defending that man. Ugh, you guys. (laughs) That sound effect makes me laugh. I'm not laughing at the situation. I'm laughing about that sound effect. You know it's not Jamaica, right? (laughs) I'm going to Jamaica. Okay, you guys, that was Brittany. uh, My last Brittany from Vanderpump Rules. That's the end of the episode, you guys. Uh, and next week, we get some wine tasting. Erica talks to Sutton. She overhears Sutton and Garcelle talking. Uh, I'm loving watching this all play out, you guys. Interesting TV, although I don't know what to believe these days. I don't know. This week, I I hate to even admit, but, you know, we're watching it unfold, and it's very interesting stuff. So uh, we're going to keep on watching. We're going to watch what happens live. That's what we're going to do. Um, you guys, I do want to quickly say... My condolences. It was sad news this week. Willie Garson from Sex and the City, he played Stanford on Sex and the City, he passed away just uh, in his late fifties, which is is terrible. And uh, he was so amazing on that. And I think it's interesting. We've come so far in pop culture and media and everything, where now we do see a lot of gay representation on TV. And although I don't believe that he was gay in real life, uh, that character was one of the few gay men on TV, especially in such a big show in the late nineties that. Uh, it you know it's a it's a tragic loss and he was filming the new sex in the city reboot which is going to be called in just like that and he was great at stanford and again just uh some of the very little representation that the lgbtq community had at that time and it's so i'm so grateful we've come so far i still think we have tons of ways to go you know guys know i always say there's like no gay characters in Disney movies, or there'll be like a one little line that's like a wink and saying that character's gay. But to have someone like the character of Stanford, who was so openly gay on that show, uh, I think was a, a special thing, at a, especially at a time when it was very unfortunately rare. So, anyway, it was a tragic loss. But I wanted to, uh, yeah, leave you guys with just a little breathing exercise where we take a a moment to unwind and think about the rest of the week ahead and the weekend. So uh, again, go buy my book. I'm sorry to promote that again. I can't believe I said it again. I said I was done. But go pre-order it now. If you forgot, <laughs> go pre-order it, you guys. Pre-order it. Just go at Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, or uh, IndieBound. You can find your local bookstore and order it. Oh, the other thing is too, Australians are asking me. It's going to be pre-order, uh, available for pre-order in Australia in like a week. So it will be coming out in Australia. I know people were asking me. So we're worldwide now. So, so it'll be available for pre-order in about a week for Australia. Okay. So let's take a deep breath in, hold it, breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in, hold it, breathe out. I love you all so much for listening. You guys stay safe. Have a good weekend and a good rest of your week. Uh, I love you all. Bye-bye.